All right, listen, y'all, I know I always intro these episodes every other week when we come here, but there's few words that I can use to truly give this episode the introduction it deserves, but I'm going to try. You really need to hear from Shelly Burton herself on this episode. This is all about energy healing. We're talking about trauma and emotional healing and also rewiring the subconscious mind. I learned so much in this episode, so much of what Shelly had to share after going through her own experience of having a traumatic concussion that really changed the trajectory of her entire life, really connected and resonated with me. You're not going to want to miss this one. It is so, so good. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, today I'm so excited to meet and also introduce all of you to Shelly Burton. And you are known as an energy medicine woman. Is that right? That's correct. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to meet you. Calling in all the way from Costa Rica. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm really honored to be here. And yes, from the lovely land of Costa Rica. <laughs> Tell, well, before we dive into more about your story, tell me about where you're from and how you ended up in Costa Rica. Well, that's a fun story. Um, <laughs> I'm Canadian and I lived in Toronto for nine years. I developed my energy healing practice there. Not trying to get into this. I just feel like when you're called to this path, um, it kind of chooses you and closes all the other doors. Um, so I developed an energy healing practice. And as some of you may be familiar, our lockdown in Toronto was pretty brutal during the pandemic. And I'm not one who likes to run from problems. I really try to stay grounded and supporting a lot of people over nine years is a responsibility I take very seriously. So I stayed grounded, um, but I just realized, you know, I was trying to force staying there when my own mental health was starting to suffer from our extreme lockdown and the real estate market was really crazy trying to go up north so I asked the universe okay where do you want me just like show me where you want me and I will go there and I had an out-of-body experience that told me to come here it showed me the date to come here the flight path to come here there was no direct flights at the time and my life here so I just trusted it Wow. And through a few flutes in the system, I ended up at the incredible Bodhi Tree Resort. There was like a mistake where I got an insane discount and um, that enabled me to stay there. And they ended up building me my own office to do my work here. <laughs> so spirit speaks. <laughs> so spirit speaks. And trust, you know, because my logical mind needed to just trust because I'd never been here. So I want to understand more about your story and how you got into this work. Okay. And I know that's a big story. <laughs> that is a big story. So I'll try to give you um, the Coles Notes version or the short one. Um, I was 
a varsity athlete, a science student, um, going into my fourth year of a biomedical science degree, working for a public health agency of Canada in the drug resistance unit. And, you know, until that point in my life, I kind of did what I was told. I thought respect, happiness, and love were all things you earned in the future. And I just kind of worked hard until I burnt out and I rested. And that's, I made decisions by logic trees. You know, intuition wasn't something I really had a sense of, but I, I did work with horses my whole life. So I guess that was there at some level, but yeah. just with the category of like horsemanship, you know, I was just at the peak of where I felt like, oh my gosh, my life was so hard. And I finally figured it out. Like I'm starting on the basketball team. I've got my perfect GPA. I'm nominated for my dream scholarship, which was the road scholarship that I've been working for. Mm. since. My horses are going well, great job. You know, I was like, I finally did it. And then <laughs> I fully gave myself a very serious concussion in a varsity basketball game. And I was just so trained to fight through it. Like I forgot that I hit my head and played the rest of the game. You can hear it on the game tape. And the next day I was too dizzy to warm up, but again, didn't want to be a wimp. Like I was trained just to keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And um, my coach put me in and I was just toast. You should never play with a concussion, especially your fourth or fifth one. Um wow. And when it, I came off, I remember just breaking down in tears. It was like the volume of like the world was excruciatingly loud for my senses, like the screeching, the noise, the lights, the bouncing. And um, they were like, we think you have a concussion. It's like, you think? <laughs> um, and this was, you know, previously in my life when something wasn't working, I just sleep. You know, I just rest and I come back and off I go. And this time was different. Rest was not working. I saw, you know, literally some of the top concussion doctors in the country and nothing abnormal was showing on my brain scans. So it was just this like extreme exhaustion and overstimulation. What I didn't know is suddenly I was feeling everyone's pain in my body too. And seeing energy, I had no words for that. For anyone about my age or older, the secret had just come out at this time. Like spiritual lingo wasn't like, you know, we mm -hmm. were looking at it. <laughs> right. Um, so I had to drop out of school. Um, and my body just refused to cooperate with me not listening to it anymore. So that really began the long journey of being like, oh, wait a minute. If I listen to my body, there's things that make my symptoms go down and I have to do those things if I want to get better. So it was a slow introduction to the, the inner voice, like forced to listen, which is the healer's walk. You know, your whole reality gets deconstructed. And I felt like a little baby learning new rules all across the board for how the world functions. Um, I did get introduced to alternative medicine. It was first through Chinese medicine. I got back to school. Um, I kind of just thought my whole life, I'm going to have to moderate this sensitivity. Um, I got still got to Oxford, did my dream program there, which is called medical anthropology, like studies concepts of health and healing in different cultures. So I'm reading about trance work. I'm reading about hands-on healing. I'm reading about mediumship, all of these things. 
And years later, it turned out that this is actually what I was meant to be doing. Um, the only work spirits ever let me do is energy healing work. I discovered it one day on the suggestion of a friend because from my sensitivity, I just could I was smart. I could do all the things, but I couldn't work in an office. My body would shut down, you know? And once I tried hands-on healing, I was like, oh. it was like that moment where everything makes sense because me feeling everyone's pain and their emotions and seeing energy made me good at something. Like I could help people for, with this and they wanted it. What I will say also is a caveat. I've later learned there's a word for this. It's called empath, like highly sensitive people that tend to feel people's emotions in their body. And the interesting thing for me is I've lived on both sides, right? I've lived kind of as the, <laughs> you know, I don't know, average person. Um, and also this other branch of individuals in the population that tend to feel more deeply than others. They're also our healers and the world can be incredibly confusing to them because they're literally feeling on a level that many people can't relate to. So they often can feel their emotions are wrong or don't make sense because others, including family members, don't always have the tools to validate what they're feeling. So I'm just gonna put that caveat <laughs> on top of it because I think it's a really important conversation to have and I think part of my work. But feeling, um, again, if I go back to my perspective at the time, the translation emotionally was overwhelm. Okay, I just felt overwhelmed. Like I would see someone, this was, it got to a height at Oxford where I would just look in someone's eyes and I could see agony or pain and then I would feel it in my body or I would having trouble sitting beside someone in class because I would just feel in my physical body all of their pain you know so it was a lot of information to learn mm -hmm. to work with. I felt like I was just this wide open vessel that needed help sorting out and learning to work with and file and process all this extra information and also get so much stronger in who I was being, you know, to anchor myself back into my body because I was only getting knocked off center due to a high trauma load. Has that changed? Do you still feel people's pain? Like, what is that like for you now? I honestly feel like I'm a completely different version of myself. I think that confronting any challenge pushes you towards authenticity. You know, where you have been living out of alignment with that accidentally, right? Yeah. Due to conditioning we grow up with, who we're taught to be, the behaviors we're rewarded for that we learn are that essential to our survival. At some point, you know, when we're older or these behaviors have taken us away from our authentic self, there will be pain. Okay. And it's just, is the level of the pain going to be big enough to push us to change? Okay. In my case, I didn't have a choice, right? The pain, there was such a big gap between who I had learned to be, which was extremely rewarded in terms of external validation and what my inner being and my soul wanted me to be. So at the highest level, the healing path was to come honestly just learn 
you know, who I actually was and what actions were authentic to me. To me, that's personal integrity. Mm. You know, and, and learning what that actually means for yourself. My path had very strong physical symptoms. So it was almost like my body had this map of what it wanted me to do. And it wasn't lying. It was like, when you do this, I feel bad. It doesn't matter how much validation or reward or shoulds or pushes or praise you get for the other stuff you're doing. I don't want to do it. <laughs> that was the inner work and learning to literally clean up. I had had so much trauma from my past. I didn't, I had no idea I had it. I didn't know I was unhappy. I, I just had no idea. It's like I was a production machine, you know? So I had to really all that stuff away and process emotions I'd been avoiding unknowingly to really clean up my inner being. Now, I am an expert in trauma processing and rewiring, you know, our, our relationship to our inner being with compassion, with wisdom, with space holding, you know, for the traumas that we've all had, whether we're conscious of them or not or not, you know, there's all been moments of pain or suffering that we just shut off from to, to survive, you know? Mm -hmm. So now I really work hard to have a compassionate understanding with my inner being or inner child and really actively choose who I am in the world. And then I help my clients, of course, do the same because you can only, you know, for me, it's about getting back to the truth of who you are and that's evolution. So tell us a little bit better about how you work with, you know, your clients now and what does that look like? For me, I am a channel. I am a medium. So I really developed a style that was focused on pure intention and asking spirit to work through me for the highest good of the other person. And getting my mind out of the way and really training myself to listen clearly, not let my mind interfere, not let my mind project what it wanted to happen or thought it wanted to happen so that I trusted the healing. My mind had to trust spirit completely. So that is the foundation of my work. The other principle I work from is to always take what feels true for you. Whether I say something or my guides say something, Healing is not about trusting another person more than yourself. You are your own healer. So we can never break that relationship <laughs> with our inner being. So for me, those are two, I'd say, anchors for the work. For those who come to see me in person, Costa Rica, I do hands-on healing, where I basically channel energy through my body. It's palpable. Um, and it connects me more to people's emotional fields. So I'll listen to their intention. I'll listen to where I feel pulled into trauma. Okay. We do hands-on healing to help support the body's emotional release. Uh, it feels very soothing. Obviously touch, you know, has a very subconsciously relaxing, um, component to it. I also, now this is where it gets fun. <laughs> My guides speak through me. Um, and my voice changes to a British-like accent. So it's channeling. I'm a conscious channel. I hear everything that's said. I don't black out. And this is really nice because it really cuts through a lot of story. They can kind of get straight to the point of what's happening. And it's also energy healing. And then we do sound healing. I might get people to cry. 
I might hold them. I might get them to kick and scream. It's just the whole point is coming down into our body, feeling mm. what's there and acknowledging any resistance points to being here on earth, like fully present. Because if we're subconsciously numbing, because our body has memories of it being painful here, you can't fully heal your experience here. You have to be present. I do teach people how to rewire their subconscious mind, uh, which runs 90 to 95% of all thoughts. Then we're really off to the races once we've got that on board, because we're working not only with your conscious and present mind, but you know the part of it that's operating in the background, making most of your choices for you that's actually programmed from zero to seven years of age. How does someone know to come to you or even to seek something like this out if they don't know consciously? Well, I think in my case, it, my body was speaking. It was like, girl, okay. like we are not working. I, I feel like the body doesn't lie. There's this wonderful book on, on trauma healing called The Body Keeps a Score. Okay, so mm -hmm. once you've gotten to the physical plane, <laughs> the, there is dissonance right? And we need help because we literally cannot see why. If we knew why, <laughs> we would not be in this position, right? right. So much of the trauma, our body numbs. Like I said to you, it's a self-protection mechanism. It wants us to survive this moment. So it numbs pain. I can't see it. It's stored in the background. Okay. But that doesn't work long-term for us to keep it numbed in the background where we can't see it because again, it builds up into illness. Other symptoms could also be everyone's different, right? It could be depression. It could be anxiety. It's just really, um, it could be like major relationship challenges that just keep happening over and over. And we're like, you're the problem, <laughs> right? That's projection. Mm -hmm. Or, or I need to save these people where we're completely abandoning ourselves. Mm -hmm. I'd say it's any point of challenge in your life that you just can't figure out. There's normally some sort of um, limiting belief linked to a survival mechanism underneath it. It doesn't have to get to the pain. Oh, they're telling me to talk about depression. Depression also can be the consequence of a lack of expression, a lack of authentic expression. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you, right? It's also a sign that how you're living your life doesn't spark joy inside of you so the solution isn't always medication well that's helpful right. in certain you know stages and phases but there also needs to be a return to authentic expression on the other end of the spectrum is when we start to get severe mental health challenges right to me those are the symptom of a healer waking up and mm -hmm. the experience of not being able to find love enough love to hold and buffer or comfort or empathy or compassion or validation to buffer the inner pain we're experiencing. And that is, I'd say, my strongest point of the work and where our society right now, I think, needs the most help in understanding this invisible pain because it can be easily relieved once we understand where it comes from. I also wrote down that if you don't like address these things at some point and build up into illness, but I can relate back to an experience um, or a couple of times that I've had, but specifically one in my past career being a reporter, um, the, 
and and it was like, hey, I always love telling stories and connecting with people, but that career path is very intense, high stress. And I, after a while, and like, it's hard covering murder, 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 like oh every God. day. And like the things that you see, the pain that you see in other people, like the, like most of the time you're showing up at people's worst moments of their lives. Um, so not to go down deep down that rabbit hole, but it, it created a lot of anxiety for me. So after a while, once it felt very misaligned with where I wanted to take my career, I vividly remember driving to work every day because there was the... Um, there would be an email, like I would go in at three and I worked in the night shift and there'd be like an email that would go out around two that would like tell you your story assignment for the day. So I would see that before I even got to work and then the, I could feel like the anxiety building in my body. And then I remember driving to work, just my stomach in knots and feeling like, what am I going to walk into today? I felt like there was no way out and that led to depression and feeling like I didn't have yeah I, I just remember feeling it so deeply in my body yeah. and when I was like going to therapy to figure out these emotions at that time um you know that was something that he said to me about like your body will tell you and I felt like when there were things whether a relationship or a career um at points in my life even if I wasn't like actively making the choice to change it my body was reacting. Yes. Yes. And you said something so important there that, which is normally the point where sort of an illness or the, the too much pain can start to be experienced or held in the body. I felt like there was no way out. Mm. That's when we're like, <gasps> okay. Cause yeah. where's the relief point? If there's no way out, what I love a few things about the story that you are aware enough, right. To start to talk about this and reach out and seek help, right? Not everyone does that. Mm -hmm. you know? So it can charge ahead to, okay, what's it gonna take to listen? So great job on, on reaching out. The other component here, we can see how your emotions make complete sense, right? If your body's re listening to murder all day and gruesome details, the emotions make sense to experience anxiety, right? So what I would say to that, and, and what can happen is people go, oh, no, I have an anxiety problem. No, no, I would not look at it that way. I would say hmm, anxiety makes sense <laughs> based on the information you're going into. And all your body is trying to do is tell you how that makes you feel. Mm. Right. And then we can go, hey, body, you're so smart. You're right. It makes sense to feel anxiety in response to murder stories. And then further on the healing path, like there's a whole bunch of empathy and compassion, like, oh, I'm so sorry, like that you felt there was no choice, but to go to work, right? And subject yourself, right? To this, that's where the compassion comes in. And then a truth example could be, this is the, this is how, remember I said the anchor through the, the pain or the difficulty that I had to learn. Hey, the truth about me is I am calm and vibrant through all situations and connections and work opportunities. That is who I am. I am so excited for a line, which it looks like you navigated yourself towards, like you found exactly the emotional fit. So this is a beautiful healing example. 
of what you followed, right? I feel so vibrant through listening to the stories. My body feels alive. I love how I get to share uplifting stories with yeah. the world. What your body pulled you towards, putting out a frequency into the world that was different than murder. That's a mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? The evolution. <laughs> comes from the inside out our bodies will tell us and like really good listening I want to go back to your point around rewiring the subconscious mind because that's to me sounds like a big a big thing (laughs) and I don't really know exactly where to start with my question on that but you know with what you're saying as far as 90% of our you know actions or what we do kind of coming from that subconscious mind can you kind of walk us through that and how you do this work why it's important I know I'm asking a lot of questions but I'm sure you'll know kind of where to start with that (laughs) so before I go into this I'm going to give a shout out to my dear friend Emmanuel Jell who's a former child soldier turned hip-hop artist um philanthropist peace activist um incredibly talented musician Um, and we connected, um, and he decided to teach me what he knew about reprogramming minds, which is how he overcame war trauma. Okay. And it was incredible to me because it was a whole other layer of the work that will change your life when you do it properly. He taught me that. And then of course I do a deep dive into the neuroscience on my own because that's my nature. Um, but basically 90 to 95% of your thoughts are dictated by your subconscious mind. And it is programmed from zero to seven years old. We're in a hypnotic state where we just take in the world and we learn how to function based on what we see in the world. This is why children need their emotions explained to them. Okay, they don't have this thinking process that can like reflect on why they're feeling the way they do. Like, oh, like mom and dad are in a bad mood. That's why they yelled at you right? They will just feel anger and think they're a bad person maybe, right? So these types of beliefs can get programmed into our mind very deeply. They, they affect us for the rest of our lives. It's supposed to be a survival mechanism. Like, okay, the problem is when these rules don't work for us and they're operating in the background, so we can't see them. Okay. Other ways that the subconscious mind is affected is by shock or trauma. This is why, you know, like PTSD, it's a repeating experience. We literally cannot break the tape loop. It is stuck in the background over and over and over. What you can do to reprogram your subconscious mind is understand how it learns because it learns differently than the conscious mind. This is why we have to practice things over and over to get it. It's not enough just to know something. So what what I do is I will take a look at someone's intention, where they want to go. And then in the sessions, we'll take our time looking at all the reasons, right? And processing all the reasons why their body believes that's not possible or the resistance to it. And then flipping them into positive thoughts that help them hold agreement with the vibration that they're wanting, okay? Or identity that they're wanting that matches the experience. Then we create a meditation script, okay? That you listen to morning and night, for at least 30 days, I'm much better at 60 days because we're getting the repetition and mm. the brain how you think. And it's not just thinking it. Thought plus emotion creates reality. So it's not like, la-di-da, if you're trying to create abundance, like, 
I want to be abandoned. Like, mm -mm, that's not going to work. Okay. Because we have to reprogram your body based on you experiencing and feeling those thoughts as true right now. But as the new neural networks, like it's called something called neuroplasticity, where you can literally rewire your mind and how neurons, like the neural mm -hmm. track to make new thoughts easier. The only reason the old ones are default is because we've done them a lot. They feel easier, not because they're more true. Right. Okay. Right. So it's a workout. I call this an emotional workout, a mental workout. Like we got to work. <laughs> Sound, no, it sounds that way. It is. But then if you just do it, you learn to automate new thoughts. So you basically get the background of your operating system on board with your intention. And then, oh, magic, it starts to happen. Do you come across skeptics? Like if someone were listening to this and they say, oh, in two months, you're able to have your best month ever. Not that that's not true, but people who think, well, how do I know that's tied to this or that wouldn't work for me? Here's the cool thing about my work. Okay. Most people who don't believe in a change, they can do a change or they're too scared to look inwards, right? Right. They won't come to me. I'll be scary. <laughs> yeah. Because when you come here, I will see you. You, there's no, there's no hiding. So what's really interesting is genuinely, generally, when people come to me, there's enough of them that really want to heal. Mm. I don't for you. I will help you get there to a place that you are going to call in actively what you want. That's you. I, I will give you the tools. So for me, the skepticism comes down to a lack of belief in yourself that you can make these changes, you know? Um, <laughs> so it's been really interesting. And, and then a lack of belief that they're possible that I can help you with. Right. Mm. But right, we'll work on that hundred percent. As long as enough of the person really, really wants to heal. I have compassion for anyone that thinks it's not possible to change your life circumstances. To me, that's the wounded inner child's perspective. As children, we cannot change the environment we're in. We only have to change ourselves. So that projection onto the world is the world as is, and I have to deal with it. The adult self, the present self, we can change our environments. We can change our lives and we can change our choices. So it's a very different place to live from. Our trauma will always tell us this is what it is. Deal with it. <laughs> okay. That's the child. The healer goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can change the self. Yeah. Does everyone have trauma? I don't think that anyone can tell you you have trauma. Okay. Right? It's, it's a, people can feel you do. But again, this comes back to no one should ever tell you what's true for you or not. Uh, what I will say, trauma is an event that's deeply distressing and shocking to our nervous system, right? And, you know, if I go back to my story, I had no idea I had it. Looking back, I had a lot of it. Knowing what I do now, I thought like some sad things happened in my life and my response to it was hyperachievement, right? So mm -hmm. I didn't 
if you would have asked me at 18, 19, do you have trauma? I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, right? So it also depends on your perspective and where you're at in your healing journey. And I really want to drive this home. So from my perspective now, I would see a lot of trauma in my life and in my family pattern. But me, 14, 15, 16, 17, would be like, what are you talking about? So it depends on the perspective. It depends on where you are in your healing journey. But do we all have things to heal if we so choose? That was going to be my next question. Do we all have things to heal? (laughs) This comes down to freedom of choice. I truly feel that anytime you're telling someone what to do, right? It's because you're not comfortable accepting who they are, Mm. right? And love is accepting others as they are and learning to be okay and set our own boundaries and make our own decisions in our lives around that, okay? Mm -hmm. Anytime we're like, you must heal. (laughs) When someone didn't ask you to help them to heal, that's your own projection of your own stuff, of who you want them to be for them to feel better. That's control. That's Mm. not, right? So does everyone have to heal? No. (laughs) Do we need to learn to accept others who they are and build our lives around that according to what's right for us? Yes. (laughs) None of this, you change, so I'm better. Let me make the choices I need around who you actually are so I feel better. Are many called to heal? Yes, which is beautiful. And for those who want to heal, okay, I would be honored to help you. Many would be honored to help you, but does it have to happen? No. And I think that's something that we're really working through on our planet right now. There's a lot of stuff that's been boiling to the surface in the past few years and a lot of finger pointing that Mm. wants to happen at other people which is an important part of the healing process, being able to label it, to name it, to talk about it. And the maturity comes, right? As we learn um, just who we need to be in response to it. Mm -hmm, To feel Mm. good. Because then you're free, right? When you can create your own good feelings without someone changing, you're free. In a very non-delusional way. (laughs) Right, it's not escape. It's like actually feeling good here. Yeah, right. And that's a, that's an important distinction there too. Yeah. Because it's really easy to dissociate and get ungrounded and like live in a make-believe world that feels better, but that's dissociation. That's not healing. And that's where we typically need someone to help us because we don't always realize when we're dissociating. I love it. I feel like I need to be writing down faster as you're talking. (laughs) So many questions are coming up and then leaving me, but I know we are getting towards the end of our time and you gave us so many gems. Um, I'll ask you um, for our last couple of questions here. One, I have to ask you, because I, I love to ask all of our guests, what's one thing, and I'm sure there's more than one, but if you could kind of pinpoint one thing that you do each day for your own health and wellness um, that you feel like helps you show up to be your best self each day, what mm-hmm. what is that one thing? One thing I'd say it's a combination of things that kind of create this feeling. I try to keep my heart on, my heart warm. Anytime I can't feel my heart warm and expanded, I'm not coming from love. 
So I, if I need to slow down, I need to answer less messages <laughs> or I need to stop a negative thought spiral of being tired or whatever and choose a positive thought to be grateful for instead. My heart will naturally ignite. So it's a constant process of learning to slow down and feel my heart and bring that into everything I do. I definitely want to ask you how people can learn more about you, connect with you, all those things. So we'll make sure to include them below in the show notes. Absolutely. My website is ShellyBurton.com or my Instagram is Shelly Energy Medicine. And you can write me on either. Um, I do offer complimentary discovery calls um, and popular healing options are private retreats in beautiful Nosada, Costa Rica at the stunning five-star resort that I'm very grateful to be based at called Bodhi Tree. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. So yes, we'll put that below in the show notes. Um, and certainly reach out to Shelly. I mean, you're awesome. Thank you. Um, thank you for sharing so much incredible information. And I know there's so much more there because like my mind was trying to keep up and think of all like, what's the most important question here? But I think we, you know, really got some great insight into who you are, how you um, help and assist others, which is so valuable. Um, so I thank you so much for that. Before we go, is there anything else you wanted to add that I didn't ask you? Just thank you for holding space. I want to honor, like, it was really nice to hear some of your story and thank you for listening to your path, which created space for me to be here. So thank you. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> I love that connection. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll talk soon. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that episode just as much as I did. I learned so much and so much more. I am now itching to learn about the work that she does and about energy healing. So make sure you go below, find more about Shelly Burton, her website, her socials, that's all linked below. You can also connect with her. As she mentioned, she offers a free discovery call. So again, that's linked. connect with her. And hey, also connect with me because I'd love to stay connected with you. You can find me all the places, but I'd especially love it if you hit subscribe on YouTube and also connect with me on LinkedIn. You know why? We come back with new episodes every other week of this podcast, and I'd hate for you to miss out. So until I see you back in two weeks, because I know I'll see you then, stay happy, stay healthy.